Well, we're here again, Nick. Hi. We are here. It's lovely to it's see nice you. It's nice to be here, and it's lovely to see you and your shining pate. Oh, and it's shiny, isn't it? It is shiny. I actually, I actually groomed today. You shined on purpose. I did. You shined especially. For our, for our listeners. Bless you. Yeah, yeah. For our listeners, why would our listeners care? Exactly. I'm the only one that can see it. No, no. It is lovely. Yeah, but I didn't do it for you. It's kind of blinding me. Well, I'm sorry. That's all right. Do we need to dim the lights? Yes. Okay, cool. Can we, can we dim the lights? Can we dim here? the lights, make it slightly more romantic? Ooh. He's actually done it. He's what? dimming the lights. There we go. And <laughs> no. it's no longer as now shiny as it was. Now we see each other at all. Oh, fabulous. Now, look, we are here tasting the Mr. and Mrs. Robinson Mataro. Oh, and um, we've both had a little tipple of this prior to this over the weekend. Yeah, we have. And I don't know about you, Nick, but I'm in love with this yeah, wine. Yeah, I'm also in love with this wine. It's like we, we wanted to spend some time thinking about what's good about it. And explaining to people what we were tasting and what we were finding and all that sort of stuff. At the end of the day, this is a two-ton batch of fruit. There's yeah. a pallet and a half of this stuff in existence, and it is just spectacular. Yeah. You need to get some. I mean, we'll, sp- we'll speak to Mark later on about where you can find it. Yeah. Um, I suspect in not that many places. No. But there are the- So on the nose, for example, you've got... It's very spicy, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. juniper berries is what I'm getting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, it, more it, than anything else, really. Yeah, there's a little bit of an east there, but you're right. The juniper is well and truly up the front. But on the palate, I don't know about you, but it just goes everywhere. It goes everywhere. There's, there's, it, Yeah, it's really complex. It's it's a very complex I wine. I can't but quite wrap my head around it. It's got very, very soft tannins. There's not a huge tannic structure no, to not. it. Um, there's not a lot of oak to it either. No. Um, it's just... Uh, it's it, very earthy. It's very spicy. It's kind of... It's very warming. Mm, mm. And it does... Uh, you just let it sit in your mouth. Yeah. And it just carries on doing different things. It, it's... I, I, d- I don't understand. I, I, this kind of... I've had very few wines that kind of have impacted... Me this I'm, way. I'm going to demand an explanation from Mark when he you gets here. You probably should. I really think we should. I'd like to be a part of that. I don't know. I'd like to, to, to hear him explain himself. Yeah, yeah, because I'm, that something something crazy's gone on with this one. Yeah, I don't... I don't know what it is, but there's a there's, there's obviously a story attached because, like, we can sound like a couple of drunken buffoons and wax lyrical about this yeah, we can. all day. And we are. And we will. But... Um, Truth be told, yeah. it's very rare that you come across a wine that actually does this to you. Like, you can taste a Shiraz and you know it's a Shiraz. Yeah. You can taste a Chardonnay and you know it's a Chardonnay. As a Mataro, it's 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 a year old. It's, it's a year old and it's young. got this depth of flavour and it's got this depth of complexity. and There's layers and layers going on. It's just... Um... I, we're, I, you know, ultimately what we're doing here is we, you and I are sitting here just just waxing lyrical about it, as you said. Mm. Um, it, it, let's give a, let's give a, a bit more detail about what we're tasting rather than just saying sure. it's absolutely amazing. So on the so uh, juniper berries is what I'm getting on the nose, but mm-hmm. also on the the palate, on the palate, and as yeah. well as juniper berries on the palate, I'm getting red currant mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as well. Um, and <laughs> something slightly embarrassing. Um, do you remember Galliano? Not the band. There was a like a band <laughs> called Galliani. Um, the, the, it's like a herbal. It's it's, uh, it's yeah. It's an anise flavored liqueur. Liqueur kind of thing, you right? So drink when you're ready to make a huge mistake. 
Y- yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't personally like Galliano, mm-hmm. but it's the the herbal um, background to that drink is what I'm getting here right at the you know the lower levels of it yeah um it is very very herbal Mm. um it sounds like i'm slagging it off by saying it tastes like galliano it doesn't taste like galliano no no but But i understand what you mean it's got that sort of anise but it's got even like a little bit of a syrupy sort of texture to it as well um and i think part of that is because it doesn't have the the rich tannins of a cab sav or a shiraz or so on not really getting that, that many tannins at all no no and that's i think where this is coming from the, the, the galliano or something like that where you get that sort of almost vanilla yeah um, i mean i wish i could explain it in a slightly uh, better way but i'm just going with with flavors that i've had before yeah yeah um, it, it's not necessarily the, the best way of explaining it but that's kind of how i'm now, how i think the about first it. time i smelt this and the first time i tasted this the i my head went straight to venison. Um, I yeah, a, a deep, rich game meat. Something gamey, definitely. Yeah, yeah, venison, kangaroo, even. Um, but absolutely, yeah. juniper and venison to me, it's like fish and chips. Yes. It's a match yeah, made yeah. in heaven. Um, but are you talking about like a venison pie or just like a? No, I'm thinking like a venison like loin. Just a, just a seared loin with some piquant cabbage mm. and a little bit of. Um, I'd probably even go a mulled wine shoe with it, believe it or not, where I'd actually put some juniper and those sorts of flavours in the Wait, wine reduction before I threw the so game matching stock the, over the matching top. the food to the wine rather than the wine to the food. Correct. I like it. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. But something along the lines. Of, I, I I love the whole game idea. I think that's mm-hmm. brilliant. Mm-hmm. I, th- maybe, I was thinking maybe like a really rich beef stew or something like yeah, that, yeah. that maybe cooked with red wine yeah um, absolutely i think that would work a treat absolutely i, I just but I, it's one of those ones i, I don't know though it just it, i'm sure uh, that when we listen to this back and when our listeners hear it they, they, they're going to hear the conviction in our voices about what it is that's in front of us and they're going to turn off and they <laughs> <laughs> well i sincerely hope they don't but oh, no, what i, I do well. hope they do is they just go out and the find line. some of this because it's there there is only a palette and a half in existence and so it's really it's uh, we'll have to find out where you can get it from yeah, mark we'll but um by all means, in in the words of Molly Meldrum, do yourself a favour, and if you can get your hands on this, do so. If you can get a case, do so. But just, Put if some you, down. Just if you can get a bottle, if you can get a bottle, you don't do have it. to buy a case. Get a bottle. It's and just sit down good. and have some. You don't have to have it with anything. Just yeah. drink it because it's. I think now. Uh, I think now's probably a really a, good time. It's literally a year old, and it tastes this way. It, I think now's also a really good time to let people know that we don't get paid. By the wineries no. to talk about their wine, we do it no, because we like learning about reason, wine. Yeah. The only reason we're saying this is because it is actually that good. Um, but I want the listeners to know that they haven't slipped us a fifty or anything like that. No. This is absolutely straight out of Credibility City. I can't get over what I'm tasting. No. Right? We're saying this because it's what we feel. I mean, yeah. we're not as you say. There's no other reason for us to. No. To say these things. No, that's it. I, I think I just heard the doorbell. I'm pretty sure that Mark is on his way in. Your ears are better than mine. I know. I know. It's Well, it's actually a flashing light in the back studio, oh, I and I just saw the light Your flash. Your eyes are better so. than mine, then. Okay. Yeah. But um, I think Mark's here, which means that we can bring him in and pour him a glass of it as well, which kind of makes me sad because it means there's going to be less of it for us to drink. That, um, but he, He's had it before. Does he have to have it again? Well... Not really. Not really. I'm, Not sure, really. I'm sure you could do without it. Yeah. Um, but I, we, okay, we, prob- fine. we probably should give some to Tim as well. 
Mm, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But um, look, in the meantime, I'm I'm going to say bottoms up, Nick. This is uh, my bottom is up. It, this, is a, this is fantastic. Absolutely mm. wonderful. Man. We're here with Mark Robinson from Mr. and Mrs. Robinson, and oh my giddy aunt, we are drinking the 2018 <laughs> Mataro, and it is one of the most spectacular things I've put in a glass for a long time. Thank Mark, you. Um, both Nick and I tasted this over the weekend and then had a brief conversation yesterday before we hit the studio, mm. and both of us demand an explanation. <laughs> um, so, so without further ado, explain Please yourself. Explain. Okay, yes, explain. well, okay. Well, I, I've got to say, a lot of luck. Like, I was really lucky to be able to find the fruit in the first place, and then I approached uh, the grower and said, "Oh, look, um, this is really delicious. Um, can I buy some?" And they said, "Oh, yeah, no problem." I went, "Really? But you have four ton, five ton come in every year? Yeah, that's okay." How much do you want? Uh, two ton, please. Yep. Can I have it from this section of the vineyard and not the other section? Yeah, that's okay. Really? Yeah. <gasps> yes! <laughs> wow. How, that, that doesn't happen. I know. There's five ton of Mataro that comes off two different sections of vineyard, and I asked for the top shelf, and they said yes. So... How has nobody else picked this up? I don't really know. I think the owners, um, they bottle it and export it. Okay. And they just have, they have plenty. Mm-hmm. And um, they have a bit of a backlog of stock. And I just put my hand up for it and it fell in my lap. And yeah. I just don't want to let it go. No, no, no. no now, you now, look, two ton of fruit doesn't make a lot of wine. No, no, How that doesn't. How many of these are in existence? Well, um, probably about a pallet and a half. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That is wow. uber That's... limited release. Yes, oh, it is. Me. We're very lucky to be drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. All of a sudden, that feeling of privilege has just gone up a notch. Exactly. Yes. But. Um, now, Nick, you were saying yesterday after you'd tasted this the other night that um, it was it was lovely on the pour, but then when it opened up, you thought you 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 actually fell in love with it, didn't you? Yeah, I just I liked it pretty much straight. It didn't have to breathe for forever for me to love it. Yep, yeah. But when it did breathe, I don't think I've ever had a wine quite like this. If I'm honest. Yeah. Um, and I've had a, I've had a fair bit of wine. I'm a, as I say, I'm no expert, I'm, but I'm, a, I'm an enthusiast. Um, this wine is so, if for me, it's so complex. It's got so many layers to it that yeah. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it's it, the spiciness of it. It just has so many different levels. Like you have the fruit, which has also sort of got juniper through it, That's, and then you see sage, yeah. and then you even see a little bit of mintiness to it. And it just goes on and on, yeah. It, it does go on and on, and yeah. it, it just carries on. You know, you, you'll have a mouthful, and then over the the next kind of thirty seconds, a minute, it's just doing yeah, different yeah. things in yeah. your mouth. <laughs> it's uh, as Nick said, we, we did kind of chat about this last night, but most of the chat was just exclamation marks. Yeah. We <laughs> didn't quite know what we didn't what? Yeah. quite yeah. know yeah. what to make of it because it was just there was a bit of gesticulation going on. There and... was gesticulation. It was yeah. it, it's just a really wonderful wine. 
It really is. It's, uh, it's amazing. And you say that it's luck about the grapes yeah. that you picked up. Yes. That's a, a positive. Yeah. A, that's a large part of it, obviously, but it's not everything. It's not everything. And I think as a winemaker, what you need to do is just uh, when you have really spectacular fruit, you have to just let the wine speak for itself and not try and push it in any particular direction. When you've, uh, I, and I saw it, um, picked a, a really lovely Beaume of around sort of 14.3, 14.5. And uh, w- w- when you have that sort of middle of the road, you, you end up with the spiciness on one side and, and the sort of um, pretty fruit notes on the other. If you picked it later, you end up with more fruit notes and less of the spiciness. But I, I, I just love that spiciness mm-hmm. to it. And, you know, yeah, it, I think that absolutely adds to the complexity of, of what we're yeah. tasting. Yeah. Now, is this the first time that you've made the Mataro? This it, year? it is. Yeah. It is the first time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, tell us a little bit about Mr. and Mrs. Robinson because it's not a name that a lot of our listeners have heard before. Um, no. It's... What's the uh, What's the backstory? How did we end up here? Well, I, I've always been making wine myself, but uh, I always had the dream of starting my own label. But uh, so when we were tossing around names about what to call uh, our wine label, um, some friends just said, well, it's just the two of you. Why don't you call it Mr. and Mrs. Robinson? Mm-hmm. And we sort of laughed and then thought about it for a little while. And then, but we just kept coming back to it and think, you know what, that, that'd be a real fun name. Yeah. And so that's, that's what really stuck. Brilliant. Brilliant. And how long has the label been in existence? Only about the, well, it's probably been around for three years, but we've really only had two vintages. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Under this label. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. So where can where can people actually find the wine? So I mean, not necessarily this one, but just yeah, all of well, the wine. Well, uh, the wines are at uh, Goodwood Cellars, and also Belair Fine Wine. Okay. okay. Or, or online. Right. Okay. Yeah, you can contact us online. Right. right now, um, tell us a little bit more about. Um, obviously, we're drinking the 2018 Mataro here. Yes. But um, I was lucky enough, Nick, and I'm sorry you weren't there. But um, it was actually the other hat that I wear as a chef and so on, curating a wine list, um, I actually got a taste across the entire range and there's some really fascinating wine in there. One of the ones I wanted to talk to you about a little bit was your Blanc de Blanc because I tasted that and I've never tasted anything like that in my life. It's... uh, I'll let you tell the story, but suffice to say it's one of these sparklings that comes along once or twice in your lifetime that you just go... Like I, the look on my face after I tasted it, I looked at Mark and the look on my face was priceless mm-hmm. primarily because I didn't know what honestly was going on. It confounded my palate. See, it, but that's how I felt about this wine. As well. <laughs> it confounded my palate. I, I didn't, I, I didn't know how I knew it was good. I knew it was great, but I didn't, I couldn't quite understand it put it into yeah. words but i couldn't put it into words and clearly tasting. i can't i still can't put it into words yeah um so what was so great about that blanc de blanc well uh, a number of years ago i started um dabbling in in sparkling and i, I really enjoy uh sparkling wine and champagne mm-hmm. and i'd read a book which outlined uh how some of the growers in champagne were going back to their their roots and and making sparkling uh, in fermenting it in, in oak and storing it in oak on lees and then bottling it up and leaving it for an extended time. And so this really interested me. And so I decided to give it a go. And I'd been making sparkling wine since 2006, just at home. 
Um, but dejuicing the the fruit in a winery, but then taking it home and fermenting it in oak and storing it, and then terraging it home, storing the the bottles, and then disgorging it all all hand done, adding zero dosage just to make a really unique wine. And it is the fruit and the the the, the Chardonnay as it ages, it gets really really big and voluptuous in palate weight. But then when you put zero dosage in it, it brings it in at the at the at the back and it's so zippy and tight and it just yeah it, it spins people out it's quite polarizing for, for people who don't know including me what would you mean by zero dosage oh sorry yes um so when sparkling wine is is made just as they're putting the cork in they'll put a little bit of sugar in just around six or eight grams per liter of sugar and that is used to sort of offset some of the tartness of the bubbles that you would experience in a in a sparkling wine now, when you put zero in, that that um, tartness and acidity that you'll get on the on the back palate is is accentuated. So instead of having a sort of a sweet ending to to the uh, to the to the taste, you'll end up with this quite dry and quite tart um, uh, back palate, which is which I thought was needed for this particular wine because it was just so broad and um, full and rich in the in, in the front palate. Now, it spends longer on oak than you would normally with... Uh... Well, if, if you were making a sparkling wine, 99% of them are made in tank. Okay. So there yep. are some that will use a very small portion of mm-hmm. oak and that will be used to blend in, in their assemblage yep. or their, or their, their, um, their base wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, most, most wines are uh, done in, in tank and not, not in, in oak. Now, now, back to the Mataro. Um, yes, of which I'm pouring, pouring more. Of course, by all means, pour, pour it. It's, That's a proper it's, it's, pour. They're, they're uh, thank to be you. Drunk. Um, how much time is this spent in a barrel? How much time is this spent in a tank? Um, right. Well, time on skin, etc., etc. Uh, break break the process down for us. So the fr- the fruit came in 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 two separate lots. So one from one section of a vineyard, and because this is a podcast, I've I've brought a picture in. Fabulous. So here's a picture of the vineyard. <laughs> mm-hmm. There is one section that is right against Rogers Road mm-hmm. down in Selex Beach, mm-hmm. and they're running east-west. Yep. And so all the runoff from the road mm-hmm. hits this Mataro section of the vineyard and is, it gets different flavours. It's quite plummy and, and quite rich. However, the section that I take mm-hmm. is running north-south, okay. and it's on sandier soils with uh, vineyards on, on either side of it. And so it it uh, has has a little bit less water, and so that's where we get that spiciness also coming out because it's sitting on sandier soils. Mm-hmm. So out of these five rows here, off came two ton, comes into the winery, and we kept them separate, as as you'd want to because one's a little bit different from the other. Mm-hmm. And then it's really just a minimal handling, just processing, removing the stems into a large open fermenter. Uh, when I say large, I mean two ton. That's large for me, mm-hmm. and uh, and then it's just pumped over every day, which has mean you just you have a, a pump which moves the clear wine from beneath and passes it over the skins on top to extract colour and flavour. Okay. okay. So and you do that uh, twice a day for five six days. Mm-hmm. I didn't hold it on skins for any longer because I didn't want to make a wine that was that was overly tannic. I mm-hmm. thought and it was tasting really good as it was in in the fermenter. Uh, after it was pressed off, I guess it sat in a tank for probably 24, 48 hours maybe, and then uh, it went into some some older mature French oak barrels. And I didn't want to impart any uh, oak treatment particularly on this, but I really mm-hmm. like what old oak does to pretty wines and wines that have a unique and 
beautiful balance and flavour themselves, don't uh, don't necessarily need too much oak to alter them or to add that extra level of mm-hmm. sort of oak flavouring to them. So, yeah, we, yeah. we, we, we learned in an earlier podcast that the age of the wood is actually something that um, affects the flavour quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and so saying older oak, you, it's it's actually intervening less with yes. the uh, with the flavour of the fruit. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not um, it's not providing much much oak uh, uh, flavouring mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. to to the wine, yeah. and it really just acts as a as a as a hold holding vessel with a little bit of uh, oxygen migration through the barrel, yep. which allows a wine to age. Yep. Yeah. Yep. If you have wines in a stainless steel tank. They don't age very well, and you can taste them in the in the bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, they taste quite steely and tight, and not sort of relaxed and luxurious, and and, and have palate weight. Mm. Would you expect this to be able to sell it well? Look, I do because I bottled it um, at the uh, pretty much in just uh, after two thousand and eighteen, and as an eighteen wine, that's very early bottling for a red. But it was just tasting so good, I wanted to capture those pretty fruit flavors and not um, have it get into the aged sort of uh, level. And so as a, as a young wine bottled at a young age, it, it has a tremendous like, aging potential. This is what I couldn't believe about the wine, and I'm sure you were the same, Nick, was that this is a, a 2018. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, it's, it's such, a, such a young wine mm. in the bottle, and, it's already, got and it's already got this going on. Amazing depth of flavour and complexity. And, and, um, and you could put this on a list and have it up against big wines that have been aged for several years, mm. and it would stand up perfectly. Yeah. Um, now, Nick and I were talking earlier. I, uh, I thought venison straight away. With oh, this, yeah. um, Nick yeah. agreed with a, a game of some description, mm. but um, we always ask the winemaker, what would you like to cook with this or what would you like to eat with this, preferably? Well, look, I, I'm, I'm one, of those, one of those characters that loves having some like, rich dishes with, with these sorts of wines because it can the, the, the spiciness and, and the flavours of, of juniper and other berries through it are really nice for some rich dishes, but I really like just having it with pizza. Yeah, right, okay. <laughs> good pizza. Like good, good pizza. Good, yeah, good pizza. pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, proper pizza, yeah. Yeah, yeah this and Domino's. No. no. <laughs> there goes the Domino's, uh, yeah. We're not, oh, we're well, not going to get, get sponsored, gonna get by, sponsored by them. By them but <laughs> <never>. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. We weren't going for that anyway. <laughs> no, well, I, was, I thought maybe like a beef stew, but then I, I, we were kind of talking about venison. game, like a venison yeah. stew or something. Mm. Lots of kind of depth mm. of flavour. Duck. Yeah, exactly. duck, duck, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Roast duck, something like that. It's just... but. I could just drink this. It doesn't have to. I wouldn't feel like I had to eat anything with this. It, it I, is, I feel like if I did eat something with this, it might kind take of away from take it? away from it. <laughs> I mean, I feel I feel like we're kind of waxing lyrical about this, but I think we're not doing this just because you're here. I think we were talking about this wine mm-hmm. yeah. yesterday, and this is how we were talking about it. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's one of those really wines very that's special. really made us both stand up and take notice. Yeah, um, thank 100%. you. 100%. Um, now, Mark, I... Uh, I would love to get you back with a Blanc de Blanc at some stage because yeah, I know to. that Nick would be... Yes, eat- I'm incredibly jealous. Eat- Frankly, you keep going on about these things that you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I'm not <laughs> invited to any of them. So, oh, when we were at the restaurant. Yeah, well... We had all this wine and it was lovely and I cooked some food. I'm, I'm, glad, right. I'm glad it doesn't right. get awkward for you. No, no I'm no, not good. feeling awkward. No, good. Good. Yeah. But now I would love to get you back with the Blanc de Blanc at some stage. Love to, um, yeah. But uh, for tonight, thank you so much for your time. Pleasure. Um, I don't 
think I want to do anything more other than drink the rest of this bottle, but I don't think we should have the microphones on while we're doing it. Probably not. Probably not. (laughs) But um, Mark, from all of us here at Podcast Central and Who Nicked My Wine, thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, we will look forward to speaking to you again in the not-too-distant future. Cheers. Cheers. Who Nicked My Wine was brought to you by the Second Street Chili Company and N Plus One and Associates, with theme music courtesy of Hannah Fairlam. Special thanks must go to the Doctor of the Dials, the Master of Bass, the Fifth Beatle himself. We'd call him Nick too if he'd let us. Tim Allen in the booth for Podcast Central. Our guest tonight was Mark Robinson from Mr and Mrs Robinson Wines, and I have to put out a huge vote of thanks for putting that Mataro in front of us. I still can't get over it, Nick. We are all over social media. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're at Who Nicked My Wine. We've got over 280 followers. Can you I believe know, that? That's great. I don't understand how this happened. Uh, we're also on Twitter, and our uh, handle, I forgot the name of it there for a second, is at Who Nicked My Wine. We have a new Facebook page. Don't we? Isn't it spectacular? It's exciting. It's not spectacular. It's just a Facebook page, but it, it's there, and it's exciting. And uh, we've got over 200 followers already. I know. That popped up really quickly. I don't know how that's happened either. Mm. This is all very exciting. Yes. Um, so if you can rate us on spotify or google or apple podcasts please do it will help us reach new listeners um if you have any questions for us please uh, you can contact us on instagram or twitter or our email address which is who nicked my wine at gmail.com if you are a winemaker if you own a winery and you have any interest in speaking to us in our little studio here please do get in contact with us and uh, if you're so inclined i have a little blog nick you do a little blog that's just started yes there's an adelaide restaurant review blog it's called nom 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 pom dot com isn't that cute do you like that i do see what i did there i do yeah anyway if you're if you're uh, even vaguely interested in restaurant reviews then that's my that's my blog fantastic well look from all of us here at podcast central and who nick my wine we urge you to enjoy alcohol in moderation and uh, other than that we look forward to having your company again the next time and until then happy drinking (laughs) 